24-7 Sports Hub Radio. And now, with their always informative and often entertaining take on the sports news of the day, here are Jonathan Raggis and Jim Williams. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is Jim. He loves Michael Bolton. Williams, what's going on, Jeff? No, 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 wait a minute. Where, why did you just drop that knowledge on the peeps? The peeps need to know that you are a fan of Michael Bolton because it's ridiculous. What, now, what, Kenny G, on the other hand. Oh, can I tell quickly? I have a funny Kenny G story. Let's, uh, we got to hear this. Go ahead. Okay, my dad, God rest his soul, uh, we're minding our business, and then Kenny G comes on the radio. Now, Okay, he thinks nothing of it. Actually, people at work, he was in the painting business, mm-hmm. and all these people were calling him Kenny G. Okay, they're calling him Kenny G, and he's like, oh, this is some hip-hop guy, this is some hip DJ dude, or some rapper. I'm like, Dad, they call you Kenny G? Yeah, they called me that. Um, Dad, you ever been to the dentist? Yeah. <laughs> ever hear that music in the background? Yeah. You know that? The, the clarinet and all that. Yeah. That is freaking Kenny G. Oh, God, it's a bunch of bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the great. I could, we could do an hour on my father. That would be just amazing. But uh, but no, they're just, you know, no, there's nothing wrong with Michael Bolden, okay? Yeah, there, there's, there's, there's lots of things wrong with Michael Bolton. How many babies has he helped bring into this world? Not as many as Marvin Gaye, but quite Not as many as Marvin Gaye, and definitely not as many as Luther Vandross. Mm, that's true. I will grant you Not that. as many as Barry White. There's a lot of people out there before Michael Bolton that... Hey, listen. Jodeci has brought in more babies to this world no, no, I don't than know. Michael Bolton. I don't know about that now. I don't... That, that's... Put, Besides, Michael Bolden in that... Uh, All right, when a man loves a woman, what else? You know, uh, you know, I can go the distance. <laughs> oh, that's bad that you know a second one. Oh, man. God awful. God awful. Because they used that on the end of Tuesday Night Fights back in the day. That's why I know it. Uh, uh, John writing over to us right now. Michael Bolton from Office Space? Oh, wow. I even told those guys I love Michael Bolton. Damn it. Oh, my uh, God. Well... It, <laughs> That's work with Lonely Island. Come on. Unbelievable. This is, put you this way. If me and Brett Clendaniel, yes, Brett, I am calling you out, my friend. If Brett and I were to go karaoke, we would do the Captain Jack Sparrow song, and I would require being the Michael Bolden person in that song. No, I'd have to do Love in a Rocks by Neil Diamond. Hey, don't, 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 don't hand on Neil Diamond. Hey, no, listen. Neil Diamond's a demand. Oh, absolutely. Coming to America? Come on now. All right, well, <laughs> this is a sports program, so enough with Michael Bolton and Neil Diamond. Who started this with the, who can't be hurt about it, can't be out of country? I like the, uh, I like the Saved by the Bell version better. <laughs> the Zach uh, attack. The back. At the max, right? Oh, God. Well, we're going to kick things off. With Talking Michael about the MLB playoffs. No so, Michael Bolton required here. No, yeah, no Michael Bolton required for the MLB playoffs, thankfully. Although, I don't know which one is more boring, to be honest. But anyway. Don't say that. Jim, 
Why don't you give us a, a little insight into Thursday night's games? Well, first of all, we have to go back to Wednesday night because when last you joined us, <laughs> uh, we were uh, in the middle of the wild card round and Tampa Bay played Cleveland. Tampa Bay pretty easily disposed of Cleveland for nothing to advance to the league division series against Pactacon, Havid, yeah, the Boston Red Sox. And that game is one of four that is on tap for a fun Friday in baseball. Alex wishes he was Ty Cobbs with the wind. No, no comment. Let's uh, let's go to Thursday's action. First and foremost, uh, the first game of the division series, game one in St. Louis, the Cardinals and the Pirates. And uh, there's a term bandied about in baseball called the crooked number. Anytime you can hang a crooked number on your opponent, you're probably going to win. When that crooked number is seven in the bottom of the third inning, game over. Because that's exactly what happened to A.J. Burnett. He got rocked, rolled, and then some. The Red Sox, the, the, Red Sox, the Cardinals got seven runs on him on the bottom of the third inning. Beltran homered uh, to score three runs, a three-run home run. The hits keep on coming. John Jay, David Freeze, they get the job done as well. So it's 7 nothing after three innings. There's no way they can come back. Cardinals end up winning at home in game one, 9-1. to one. Uh, Just one run and four hits and three errors for the Buccos in the first game of that series. And uh, you look down the lineup, yeah, McCutcheon was two for four. Uh, Morneau was one for four. But Marlon Byrd, who had a big game in the wild card play-in, held to 0 for three, two strikeouts. Russell Martin, 0 for three in a strikeout as well. It was almost an everybody-hits kind of thing for the Cardinals in game one of that series as Adam Wainwright went seven strong, surrendering just a run on three hits and striking out nine. Yes, sir. So, so one nothing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said yes, sir. And uh, we got the uh, mascot in here barking. Oh, okay. We've got we've got uh, you know, Mr. Barkley in the house. Very nice. Uh, He's better than Charles. Uh, oh, don't go there. Don't go there. Well, you know, let me ask you this real quick. Yes. Somebody brought this up on Twitter about Carlos Beltran. A lot of people said yes to it. Me, I'm not so sure. Carlos Beltran, Hall of Fame player when he's done? The jury's still out. I, I, I mean, you know, 15 seasons. He still probably could play another couple, no doubt about it, with the way he's playing. 358 home runs, 1,327 RBIs with a batting average of 283. Does that get him into the Hall of Fame right now if he were to retire? No, I don't think it does. Okay. I think the batting average has to be up closer to 300 to really agree have serious consideration. He's in the Hall of Very Good, as we like yes. to say. Yes. But not the not the Hall of Fame just yet. Yet he may squeak through, considering everybody else who's with, uh, aligned in this era. I agree with John Leary as well. If he goes in, he's got to go in as a Met. That's when uh, some of his best playing days were. Oh, there you go. Meet the Mets, meet the Mets. Well, we go to the other Division Series game, Game 1 at Turner Field in Hotlanta, where nobody bothers to show up until the World Series happens. Oh, did that happen? I'm sorry. I apologize. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, bitter. Atlanta fans, call in at 347-237-5373. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You are the most fickle, warm-weather fans in sports. Yeah, they have been over the last 12 years. They no have. Doubt about it. It's just a fact. Listen, Dodgers fans have an excuse for not showing up to the ballpark. Actually, two. One, the traffic, and two, sad to say, you might get killed there. And three, the sun. Uh, the sun is shining high over Chavez Ravine. 
Dodgers stay more on him in a moment too, by the way. Absolutely. Uh Dodgers taking care of business early and often against the Braves, winning six to one, putting up eleven hits on uh, Chris Medlin and uh company. Uh Yasiel Puig went two for four in the game. Adrian Gonzalez went two for five with a pair of runs batted in, and Gonzalez with a third inning home run off of Medlin with one on and two out. Uh, they were just clutch in this game. They came up at the right time uh, with the big hits and what have you. Uh, Medlin only lasted four innings, giving up five runs and nine hits. But again, Clayton Kershaw, it's his world. We're just living in it. The preeminent favor to win the Cy Young this year in the National League. Seven strong innings, giving up just one run and three hits while handing out 12 strikeouts. Yeah, he's in a beast. And we saw Brian Wilson sighting as well in the eighth inning. As a setup guy, and he gave up one hit, and he had a beard. So there, there you go. Uh, so the Dodgers lead that best of five series, one game to nil. And uh, as I mentioned today, we've got a four pack of games for you. MLB Network has Game Two of Pittsburgh St. Louis at 1 p.m. But wait, there's more because if you promise to tell a friend and give some word <laughs> about advertising, because gosh darn it, they need it. You're also going to get Game 1 of Tampa Bay and Boston. You'll also get Game 2 of the Dodgers and Braves and Game 1 of Detroit and Oakland. The latter three games on TBS at 3, 6, and 9.30 Eastern, respectively. Now, does Oakland have a chance against Detroit? Well, my baseball podcast, Touch of All, which I would normally plug at CLW83.com, but the site's down. I don't know. It's either WordPress or one and one so they can go both shove it. Hmm. Uh, we talked about this. I think it's a five-game series. I think Detroit takes it at five simply because Max Scherzer will, will get a chance to pitch games one and five, and he has been lights out this year. And I, about it. I think he continues that into uh, – into the division series, Verlander, I'm not sold on. I, no, he's having an off year. He's having an off year, and honest to goodness, I would have put him in the bullpen for this series. I would have relegated him to the bullpen. I don't know, man. Even though he's having an off year, the playoffs are a little different, man. He well, might step it up. But what I'm saying is, in a five-game series, I would have relegated him to the bullpen. Yeah. I don't know. The league championship. I, I, you know, even though he's having an off year, it's still Justin Verlander. I don't think he could do that. I, I honestly don't. I... Well, not right it's, now. It's not unprecedented. Tim Lincecum went to the bullpen, remember? Yeah, but Tim Lincecum, look at him now. He's terrible. He's awful. Mm-hmm. You know? Tim Lincecum and Justin Verland, I think, are two different pitchers. So. True. Well, very good. They are two different pitchers. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So Different human beings. Now, yeah, but also, Oakland, Bartolo Colon, having a very good year. Under the radar, he's having a very good year. He's had oh. a good couple of years in, yeah. in Oakland, uh, the last couple of years. I mean, this Oakland team is a team. Yeah. And I know that sounds well repetitive, but I mean they play a team style of baseball. There, there are no big standout players. There are all, you got a bunch of very good players gelling together at the right time. Yeah, yeah. So, and you look at Tampa Bay, Boston, and by the way, Mister Leary, I have Boston winning that series. So get off my back. Um, you know, I was hoping it would be Cleveland, Boston, in the worst possible way, but of course the Rays screw everything up. That being said, Tampa Bay is going to make this a series early on, but I just don't see them taking two. Because I, 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 honestly, I think they have to take two at Fenway because I, I see Boston winning at least one back in Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, it's going to come down to Tampa Bay's pitching, and where the rotation is knocked out of sorts for being in two elimination games. Yeah, 
you know, you have to go with Boston and they're I mean, they're they're top four. Even though they only really will pitch three probably. Oh, easily, man. A lot of their pitches have really stood up this year as well. They're beast. You know, you know, getting a lot from John Lackey this year really helped them. Oh, absolutely. And again, I go back to the fact that you know, Clay Buckholz with a strained neck out for three months, and what happens? Boom. He just comes right back in, and is it's like he never even left. Haven't missed a step. Yeah. No. If anything, he's gotten better. How skilled no. is that? Actually, we got we got really good pitching matchups in all four games tonight. Uh, yes. Yes, sir. We got uh, Matt Moore taking on John Lester uh, in the Raisin Red Sox game. We got Garrett Cole taking on Lance Lynn, Max Scherzer, Bartolo Colon, and then Zach Granke and Greg Miner. So it's, uh, excuse me, Mike Miner. It's going to be a really good uh, pitching matchup all around. So Indeed, it, indeed it will be. Maybe I'll have to watch some games tonight. Yes, on TBS, very funny. <laughs> and by the way, if you want, and I'll post on the Sports Hub Facebook page if you want, if you're watching the St. Louis uh, series when it's on TBS, we have, or I've created, the Dick Stockton bingo card. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Era, era, it's an era. It's an A-Rod? Era. <laughs> it's an A-Rod. Well, well A-Rod is an error, so. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, continue here. Speaking with- of him. With the baseball trend, and this is something I know you've been following and somebody near and dear to your heart, Jim, and that's Los Angeles Dodgers announcer Vin Scully hinting that he may retire after the 2014 MLB season. Well, see, when you said somebody near and dear to me, I thought you were going to talk about Michael Bolden again. No, not Michael Bolden. We're talking about things. And Vin Scully has a better voice than Michael Bolton. Yes, and I could listen to Vin Scully 24 hours a day if you gave me the opportunity. Going to get you an MP3 player with nothing but Vin Scully talking on it. Yeah, him, him, especially when he does the uh, the uh, commentary during a baseball ruckus. Yeah. That is fertilizer. Blinking fertilizer. He hit him in the neck with a bat. <laughs> and now it really is a dandy. Well, according to um, KPCC, that's... Southern California Public Radio. Mm. Uh, it has been uh, told uh, in a recent interview with the Vin Man uh, that he may make 2014 his final year calling baseball games. This would be his 65th season Amazing. announcing uh, all for the same franchise. Uh, quoting uh, Mr. Scully here, Right now I'm pretty well sure, and I don't want to go back and forth with it, but I'm looking to next year and thinking that should be about it. I've had, uh, you know... People, of course, in Southern California and just fans of baseball in general do get to listen to Vin uh, do the games in this playoffs uh, against the Braves and what have you. He calls, I think, the first three and the last three innings on radio, uh, which at his advanced age at 85, 86, uh, you know, he had lightened his workload in the last five, six, seven years where he's just doing games in California and Arizona. Yeah. Uh, and now he makes the trek to, to Atlanta for these uh, for these series. Um, people, of course, want to hear him, you know, do one more World Series, one more network game, if you will. And, in fact, Joe Buck, you know, say what you will about Buck, he's all for it, too. I, uh, if I'm all for it. I don't want to hear Buck. So. No, I don't want to hear Buck. And I don't now, want to hear let me ask you this. Yeah. Vince Scully, 65 years announcing. I, I mean, just a legend in his own right. Absolutely. He's going to be calling these playoff games for the Dodgers. Should TBS make... Him, the lead announcer for these games on TV, man. Let it, let everybody hear Vince Scully if this is going to be the last time we hear him. 
Well, here's the thing. You could easily do that. You could easily do that because the way Vinton calls a game for the mm-hmm. Dodgers, he shows no partiality. He shows Amazing. virtually no partiality. I mean, yes, he'll get a little up at times for a Yasiel Puig home run, and I get that. Why not? Point. He's excited. Exactly. Yeah. But he, he calls it with respect to both sides. He, he is the, he's the quintessential uh, broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And when he when he retires, and hopefully it's retiring, uh, as opposed to what happened, say, to Harry Callis a couple of years ago, where you know he, he passed away in the booth, for God's sakes, um, when he goes, it'll be the uh, virtually the last of the old guard. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got Marty Brenneman in Cincinnati, who I think is a mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Euchre in Milwaukee, uh, and a handful of others, maybe. But that's that. He's he's you know, and he does it solo. He doesn't need a colored commentator bringing him down, as it were. Uh, and he is a wealth of knowledge. And he, you never hear him stammer and um or ah uh, or any of that. You never hear that. He is he's perfection personified. Yeah, it's you know just we are so fortunate. That in in our time as baseball fans, we were able to hear so many of the greats: Vince Scully, Ernie Harwell, Bob Murphy. I, I mean, just amazing, you know. And now it's like Bob Murphy's gone, er, Ernie Harwell's gone, uh, you know, Harry Callis is gone, and you know, Vince Scully, eighty-five years old, he's not getting any younger, unfortunately. And you know, we got to hear all these guys, man. It's amazing, you know. It really is. It's it's. I mean, I, I mentioned to you pre-show on on you know. Everybody asks, who would you want to have dinner with? Like, if you could have a dream table, you and a couple of people from any walk of life, who would you have? I'd have Scully there in a heartbeat. He'd be my first pick. Yeah. I mean, just to hear the stories about, you know, him and Jackie Robinson back in the day and, mm-hmm. and what was what life was like for a, a 20-something-year-old kid coming out of Fordham being thrust into the role of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Right. Uh, it, just it, it's, it's amazing stuff. He is a national treasure. He, of course... Uh, most recently, uh, the new mayor of uh, of Los Angeles was wanting to name a street after him, and Scully completely downplayed the idea, saying, I really didn't want that at all. The mayor of Los Angeles has a lot more important things to do than name a street after me. Uh, but still, the honors come in. In fact, uh, the Rose Parade this year, he is the Grand Marshal, Mr. Scully. So, yeah. Tournament of Roses. So that's, yeah, I was thinking uh, that before when we were talking about that pre-show. Who would I want to sit down with? You know, in baseball, just alone in baseball, who would I want to sit down and have you know a, a conversation with? And it would have to be, uh, you know, to me, Ernie Harwell and Bob Murphy, man. If I could sit down with just those two guys and you know really talk it up, man, it would it would be plenty phenomenal. of happy recaps. Absolutely. Oh, oh man, forget about it. Just the, the history and the stories, man. Alone, man. You you know what? You could sit there for for weeks and just listen. You know, it's, it's amazing. And, and that's something that is so. So far removed from this day and age, I mean, you know, the connection that broadcasters have with fans is so far removed because we're in a thousand-channel universe, and people don't listen to the radio as much. No, you don't have that. You don't have that anymore. You really don't. I mean, you hear about it all the time when you were – your father or whatever was younger. The the whole kid and caboodle about how – you're going to bed at night when your team's on the West Coast and what have you, and you have the transistor radio tucked under your pillow and what have you. You don't hear about that anymore. No. So, but that's the thing. It's like even now with the with 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 the young people coming in and hosting these shows and broadcasting and whatnot, they don't last long. Well, yeah, because it's like every few years they change, so you don't get that kind of relationship. You know, just listening with these people, and, and it's the, not there no more. 
And the general talent in broadcasters has gone down tremendously. Oh, there's no Everybody's trying to sound it. like they're on SportsCenter. They want that SportsCenter highlight. Yeah. And, you know, just call the damn game, you know? Just yeah, call the game. Yeah, somebody good. To, you know, that's why, and I'll say it, man, and, and, you know, Mike Francesca from WFN, who I can't stand, I, I, I think the guy's a pile of crap, he even came out and said it yesterday, saying that Gary Cohen, Ron Darling, and Keith Hernandez are probably the best in, in the biz right now. And and I got to agree with that because they've been around and together for so long now. And Mets fans and even fans of, uh, you know, visiting teams who have to watch it and, and watch them cover it, they, they get a relationship going with them, listen to them. They look forward to hearing them because they do it just like Vince goes. They don't have that bias, you know. And yeah, they, 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 they call it – and I, I'll be one of those visitors who gives them love. They do a great job yeah. on SNY and uh, Pix11. They do really a, a quality job. They are one of the best teams in baseball. I agree. Yeah, and it's amazing. When I watch other sports games, and I hate to use this as an example, it's not me knocking the Philadelphia Flyers, but – I was watching a Flyers game the other night when uh, Colton Orr came in with the cross check and uh, he hit the guy in the one shoulder. The announcer just kept saying, that's garbage, he hit him in the face. But the other announcer like, dude, he hit him in the shoulder. But he was so biased because it was against the Philadelphia Flyer that he was blinded and was just enraged at him, even though they replayed it five times. Highstick was hitting him in the shoulder, not in the face, and he was just so livid. Guy came out again saying, no, he hit him in the shoulder. He goes, well, then I guess he did. You know, that, that that kind of bias you can't have like even Steve when it's Coates. the team, you know? <laughs> Sounds like Steve Coates with his convictions there, I think, yeah. yeah. It, but, it, uh... It's crazy, you know, and I hate that. That's why I hate when I have to listen to other announcers for certain teams when I say watch Center Ice or I watch the MLB package. There is just so much bias from these announcers now. Well, you didn't have that years ago. Well, remember, uh, I don't know if you watch any of the uh, old broadcasts on YouTube. There's a little thing at the end of some broadcast. The broadcasters were paid, you know, were at the discretion of the, of uh, the, you know, of the New York Mets or whatever, and were approved for this telecast. I mean, they were paid by the team, yeah, and they still are. Uh, some prefer to cheerlead a little bit more. <clears throat> John Sterling, Ken <clears throat> Harrelson. <laughs> By the way, Ken Hawk Harrelson, fun fact, I know we're going on a broadcasting kick, and we'll get off it quickly in a moment. Hawk Harrelson, this is scary. They uh, announced the finalists for the Horde C. Frick Award. That's the annual award given to uh, broadcasting tenureship in baseball. Harrelson is one of the ten finalists. Wow. That's scary. That yeah. is, you've got to be bleeping me. It's scary. Yeah. It's just uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, as we're getting some news in over the wire, quote-unquote, potentially as well, when we get to football, uh, where we will look to confirm that momentarily. Yeah, I'm looking to see if that was confirmed as well. But uh, uh, let's get off the broadcasting kick, even though I could talk about this for hours oh, on end. No doubt about it. Um, let's talk about, you mentioned the 800-pound elephant that is Alex Rodriguez. Well, guess what? <laughs> He's soiled in his diapers. He wants to... He wants to fight back, and this is no surprise to anybody. He is suing Major League Baseball. He is suing Bud Selig pretty much for being wrongfully accused and for getting his name sullied. Uh, it's a witch hunt. <laughs> it's a witch hunt. It's a witch hunt. Exactly. Rodriguez's lawyers argue that baseball is trying to make an example of Rodriguez, quote, so as to gloss over Commissioner Selig's past inaction and tacit approval of the use of performance-enhancing substances in baseball, not to mention his multiple acts of collusion, and in an attempt to secure his legacy as the savior of America's pastime. End quote. Now, nobody denies that Bud Selig is culpable for the era of baseball we've had in the 90s and 2000s. He's definitely a big part of it. 
But Alex Rodriguez, you know, just he's as guilty as anybody else. Oh yeah. I mean, what 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 good does this do? This is just dragging the proceedings out further and further and further. Unbelievable. Uh, it's just, you know, like I said, even I put it up on my Facebook earlier, this is just an attempt from a desperate man, a desperate cheating man, to try to get something out of this, to try to clear his name. It's like, you know, come on, man. You know, you're, you're caught. You're done. Give it up. You know, but now he's suing MLB. So, it's, it, see, this is going to be the thing, like, with Barry Bonds. This is just going to continue to go and go and go and completely spiral out of control and just continue going. I'm done with it, man. I, I really am. As am I. I, I. I hate talking about it, but it's news. We had to talk about it. Yeah. There but you go. Let's go from that ass hat. Yes, from the uh, New England Sports 247 radio show. They got their ass hat of the week. That was our ass hat of the week. But now to go to our dumb ass of the week. I, I, w- I would argue, would argue calling it douchebag of the week, but go ahead. Yes. Well, family friendly show. I didn't want to say that. but So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ass hat is fr- family friendly? Yes, it is. A lot I'm more than family friendly. Oh, now you got me saying it. All right. Anyway, let's go. The douchebag of the week here on 24-7 Sports Hub, and that is the Chicago Cubs organization. Mm-hmm. Why do you ask? Well, it's because they threw out some of Ron Santos' legacy in the trash. Yes, they threw out Ron Santo memorabilia. Just threw it in the garbage. Just completely, completely got rid of it. Uh, and the owner of a Chicago bar, Beth Murphy of Murphy's Bleachers, found it in the trash, took it, and it's now at Murphy's Bleacher at her bar. Well, it's not just stuff. It's specific stuff. Yes. There was a big, gigantic fan sign greeting card for the Cubs broadcaster who at the time recently passed away. And you would assume it was going to be given to the family of Ron Santo, but no... All these signatures, throw it away. It's from the Ron Santo Memorial. Yeah. It is. A big sign, Ron Santo Memorial. Another big sign, we'll miss you, Ron, as well as the gigantic fan sign greeting card, was found in the trash. And, uh, you know, Mur- you know, Beth Murphy said it to uh, ChicagoBusiness.com. I thought it was Smithsonian-type stuff. I thought they were things you would want to keep, which, of course, you would want to keep things like that. The Chicago Cubs apologized for their mistake on Tuesday, saying this was an unfortunate mistake. Obviously, we apologize to the Santo family and any fan that was offended by this. This is not how we regard one of the greatest Cubs players ever to wear a uniform. Simply, it shouldn't have happened, end quote. And the Chicago Cubs, you suck. Plain suck. Yeah. We talked about this in pre-show, Jim. This is like the Mets doing this to Tom Seaver or Mike Piazza. The Phillies doing this to Mike Schmidt. The Orioles doing this to Cal Ripken because that's what Ron Santo means to the Chicago Cubs organization. He's easily one of the top three players in the history of that franchise. No two ways around it. And that's just callous disrespect. Yeah. I mean, there are no words. I, I, I you know, there are no words to uh, to properly describe it. And I mean, listen, I know mistakes happen, whatever, but this shouldn't be a mistake. I mean, you know, you don't see museums throwing out things that are supposed to be on display. You know, if you if if Ram Santos' family didn't have that gigantic greeting card as well as things from that memorial or didn't want it, why wouldn't you leave it at Wrigley and put it on display? Exactly, or, you know, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. All right, Jim. I Stay classy. To get into our week five Sunday games, but we gotta of course recap the Thursday game. Oh, what a what a weird game this was. It, it really was, and that was the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills. The Browns winning thirty-seven to twenty-four. But the big story coming out here was Brian Hoyer going down. Hmm. And just got confirmation as well as Browns coach Bob confirming it that Hoyer has pulled his ACL and will now be out for the entire. Season. Yeah, I mean uh, Hoyer. Oh my goodness, I, I I can't I can't believe that. I just can't can't believe what happened to Brian Hoyer. It's it just uh, just a mess, just an absolute mess. Yeah, I I just don't get it. There you are. We, we, I thought we lost you there for a second. No, I'm here. Okay, okay, because we uh, take you technical problems on our. Even John's like, you sound like you're in a concert hall. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, gotta love them. Gotta love BTR, they suck. Uh, oh, wait, did I come out? I'm sorry. Now, Brian Hoyer, I mean, going down in the first quarter, and I picked him up in a fantasy league a couple of weeks ago, and, oh, jeez. Just unreal. I picked him up this week as well. Thank God I didn't start him. Well, I, I did. But, so, so we know who's going to lose that matchup. But E.J. Manuel also went down for Buffalo. Yes. I mean, it, it was a game of injuries, and again, I think it's going to reopen the Pandora's box. Should we really be playing games on Thursday nights every week? No, probably not. No, we should. I, I mean, whatever. I mean, if they went down Thursday, they could have went down Sunday. doesn't mean anything. Well, no, no I, 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 they could have, definitely. I mean, with, with the way Brian Hoyer went down, that tackle could happen any day, no matter when they play. It could, but I'm getting at the aspect of you only have about a three-day turnaround. And, you know, I know it's a game, and you're a professional, you're supposed to handle it, but there's something to be said for the conditioning to get up for each game. And you don't have as much, you have half as much time to do it for a Thursday game. It's just a fact. Well, honestly, I'm not a fan of the Thursday night games. I never really was. Right. To me, football belongs on Sundays and on Monday night, and that's where it should stay. If you're going to do a game, why don't you do it on Saturday night and give them another couple of days? Or a Friday night. A Friday night game. Yeah, I mean, even one more day. What the hell? Yeah, but, but the but, good but, thing was is that, and I started with Willis McGahee, 72 yards and a touchdown for the Cleveland Browns. But, of course, keep in mind, you know why they're not going to do it on Saturdays. You know, because they know college football. They're, they're, they're not afraid of baseball. They're not afraid of basketball or hockey. They're afraid of college football. They don't want to. Is that being is that them being afraid, or is that just mutual respect between the two sports? A little bit of A and a little bit of B, not you mention it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, college football makes pro football, as you know. So so let's go with this. The Browns defeated the Bills 37-24 to in pretty much an ugly game. So now my question for you now, Jim, is mm-hmm. if E.J. Manuel is out as long – if he's out long term, and we know Hoyer is, first, what does Buffalo do? How do they cover – E.J. Manuel's spot. I don't know. I honestly do not know. Is it I don't Jeff think Tool the answer? Who, who's their backup again? Jeff Tool. The guy who came in last night and went 8 for 20, 80 yards, and one interception. And to think he almost started the season for them. Yes. He's not the answer, no. Um, oh, I see where you're going with this. Yes. I know where you're going with this. Are, are you saying a certain exiled Tampa Bay Buccaneer? You know what? For both of these teams. 
I could see it more for Buffalo than uh, than uh, Cleveland. But you know, if, you know, just for the rest of the season, I, I don't see how it would hurt Cleveland to bring in Freeman. To me, he's an upgrade over Whedon big time. I would agree with that. I would yeah, agree. I, I don't think we. I, I don't think Whedon's good for anything. To be honest, I mean, you know, thirteen of twenty four hundred ninety seven yards, one touchdown last night, and that was two. Josh Gordon, but then again, it was to Josh Gordon. So true. Um, John's writing in there. Uh, Josh Freeman to the Jaguars. I don't know if he's saying that just happened or if that's what he thinks might happen. But I still say Jaguars are going to go after Tim Tebow. I, I don't think it's going to be Freeman. Mm-hmm. I think Freeman's going to go somewhere uh, different, possibly Minnesota. Uh, I, I don't know, but hard to say where Josh Freeman's going to go. But here's two teams right here in Buffalo and Cleveland that. With Hoyer out and who knows what's going to happen with Manuel, it's a possibility. It certainly is. It certainly is. So let's go to Sunday's games, Jens. Are you ready to pick? Because you had an extra two days to do some research. Well, I did plenty of research, a grand total of five minutes. So, okay. so we couldn't pick on Wednesday because you needed to do five minutes of research. So no, no, pick, uh, no. Pick. I'm all about I'm all about continuity. Okay, John. Sure. You know, p- besides, we would have had so much dead air if we didn't do this on a Friday. Oh, no, 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 because we got, we got lots to talk about, man. Right, let's, let's, go. Big, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. The 4-0 New Orleans Saints heading into Chicago to take on the 3-1 and Chicago Bears. Who do you got in this matchup? This could be – see, a lot of these early games are close games, so I had to research them. Darn it. Um, I'm going with Chicago just because I think Forte can can do enough on the running game. I mean, it's going to be a defensive struggle on both ends. I, I'm liking this to be like a 20 to 17 sort of game. I'll go Chicago ever so slightly. If Cutler has another 27 for 47 day like he did last week, um, uh, he's not going to get he's not going to gain that much yardage on New Orleans. I I, I got to go New Orleans. I think they're just hot right now. Uh, you know, just the weapons they have, Jimmy Graham being one of them, it's just, I just don't see them stopping yet. I, I see them winning this game easily. Okay. The New Orleans, uh, excuse me, the New England Patriots 4-0 as well, going to Cincinnati to take on the 2-2 two two Cincinnati Bengals. Who do you got here? I don't know how they do it, but I go with New England here. I mean, I know Gronk is in limited practice form, so he might come back. I don't know, and I don't even know if they need him back this week. No. I'm going with the Patriots. Yeah, going with the Patriots as well. The 3-1 and Detroit Lions taking on the 1-2 and Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Who do you got in this one? I got Green Bay winning this one. Um, Jordy Nelson's back, you know, doing his thing. And I, I don't think Reggie Bush is going to be able to tear up the turf at Lambeau. I'm going Green Bay. I'm going Green Bay as well. As much as I would like to go with Detroit here because they're just they're playing good football right now. They Matt are. Stafford is actually playing a lot better than Aaron Rodgers, and that's pretty crazy. Um, Reggie you know, Bush. Yardage, and Reggie Bush is just – he's been a beast for Detroit. Don't think the running game for Green Bay is going to do anything, but I don't think they're going to have to, especially with Jordy Nelson coming back. I got Packers here. Packers do have the line. By eight. Four and oh Kansas City Chiefs taking on the three and one Tennessee Titans. KC has the line by one. Very low to me. Where are you going mm-hmm. This is gonna be another close game. I'm gonna go with the home team. I think Indianapolis right uh, knocks KC out, out of the ranks of the unbeaten. Tennessee, not Indianapolis, Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry, it's Tennessee? Yes. 
Oh, well, screw that. Kansas City. <laughs> See, I misread when I was going over things. And uh, let me, you know, note to self, you shouldn't wake up right before a game. Uh, right before a broadcast or anything, it's just yeah. Like a, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Let me let me reassess myself, please. Thank you. No nap time for you, man. Na- nap, a doobie. No, I had Kansas City in here. I was see, I I went in the wrong order. That's why. So you're going KC. I'm going Kansas City. They're going to be good because Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback. There's there's too much of limbo going on in uh, in Nashville right now. So I'm going Kansas City to keep it going. Going Kansas City as well. Um, See, I thought you were going via the NFL.com scoreline, and there's a different game in the next spot. That's where I screwed up. I'm telling up. you these games, man. You don't have to look. All right. <laughs> the 4 0 Seattle Seahawks. See, that's the on, game. Thank you. Taking on the 3 and 1 Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Gee, who am I going to pick? Indianapolis. I'm going to pick Indianapolis at home. I think Andrew Luck will get the job done. Um,. I, I, it's going to be a tough one, but I'm going to I'm going to give Indianapolis the uh, the captain comeback charisma. Yeah, I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Well, not not sold on Russell Wilson yet this season. I think he needs to uh, do a little bit better before, even though they're four and zero. But he, you're absolutely Some right. Weakers, he, so he'll throw for four touchdowns, but he'll throw for 150 yards. Yeah, unbelievable. Kind of that's the thing, the man. They, you know, they don't need him running; they need him throwing. Indeed. You know, that's why they got Marshawn Lynch. So, indeed. All right, the uh, I'm going with the in, uh, Indianapolis as well. Thank you. The 0 and 4 Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the 1 and 3 St. Louis Rams in St. Louis in the nap game of the week. Where are you going here? <laughs> no, the way you said that, I have a funny feeling with you're going to be napping. <laughs> no, I have a funny feeling where you might go with this, believe it or not. But I'm going to pick St. Louis. It's not going to be pretty. I will say this. I will preface it this way, though. If there's a game Jacksonville has a puncher's chance to win this season, it's this one. Yes. But they're not going to. It would be this one, but they're not going to. Uh, Sam Bradford is better than Blaine Gabbert and Chad Henney put together, rolled up into one. I think they got better options, better weapons in St. Louis. They are home. St. Louis has a line by 13. St. Louis is taking this game. I, I would I would play on that line, believe it or not. I would I would. You know, I I think they can cut it to under thirteen. Yeah, uh, possibly only because it's St. Louis, but exactly. We'll see what happens. All right. The two and two Baltimore Ravens heading down to Florida to take on the three and one Miami Dolphins. Mm mm mm. Tough one because both of these teams are figments of one's imagination compared to what their records really are. I'm gonna go with Baltimore reluctantly. Yeah. Same here. I'm going with Baltimore as well. I think uh, that trade not as reluctant though. So that that trade during the week is going to help shore up their offensive line a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I still say at the moment, Joe Flacco has a little better, you know, a a, a little bit more of an edge on Ryan Tannehill and the uh, and the offense for the Miami Dolphins. That that implies you got to go with the bounce back factor. He's not going to throw five picks. He's not going to do that again. Plus, I'm not a fan of the running game down in Miami. I, I know a lot of people are high on Lamar Miller, but, I mean, 43 carries, 196 yards. We're going into week five. He's your main man. He's not my main man. Not your main man. That's why I dropped him. Mm-hmm. All right. 1-3 Philadelphia Eagles taking on the 0-4 New York Giants in New York. Jim, this is your Eagles team playing their rival, Giants. Where are you going with this one? Can I just pick a tie and win the season? Um, you can't. Damn. 
because uh, cause this is gonna be this is gonna be redheaded stepchild ugly. That's how this game's gonna be. And, and as bad as the Eagles' defense is, I still wouldn't start Eli Manning in this game. That's how bad the offensive line is. Yeah. Um, but yet they go out and they acquire linebacker John Beeson from the Panthers. Like they need more defense. Yeah, I it just. Ugh. I'm going to, and this may sound, oh, Jim, it's a homer pick. I don't really see either team really, yeah. I'm going to pick Philadelphia reluctantly. Yeah. I mean, because it's... Just on offense alone. Uh, I think you have to right now. Yeah, but even yeah. that offense is shaky. Yeah, you, know, both, you thing, know, both defenses are shaky, both offenses are shaky for both teams here. So, But but I'll also say this, you go back to the game against Denver, and devil's advocate for this Eagles offense, they didn't turn the ball over. They yeah. played a clean game. It's just they were playing the greatest team in the history of football, seemingly. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see what happens. Giants have the line by three. I am also going with uh, And I think if the Giants drop to 0-4, uh, a lot of Giants fans are going to be... 0-5 would be. 0-5. Yes, 0-5. No. I'm sorry. 0-5. Oh, All right. The Carolina Panthers, 1-2 in Arizona, taking on the Arizona Cardinals, 2-2. Two and two. Carolina has the line by two. What are you doing with this one? Uh, line seems about right to me. It's a picking game. I'm going to go with home team. I'm going to go with Arizona here. Okay, I am actually going to go with Carolina here. No. I think you're going to see uh, the Cam Newton to Steve Smith uh, connection uh, at least twice in this game. So mm-hmm. I think Arians coaches them up, but that's just my opinion. Let's see what happens. All right, 4-0 Denver Broncos in Dallas taking on the 2-2 and Cowboys. Denver has the line by nine. Is this a no-brainer? It's going to be a more competitive game than last week. That's, no, who am I kidding, Denver. Reason why? Payton. Payton? All right. Yeah, Denver as well for me. No brainer in that way. 2-2 two two Houston, Texas in San Francisco to take on the 2-2 two two 49ers. San Francisco with the line by seven. I think this could be a good game. I do too. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yes, I am also going with San Francisco in this game. Although Sunday night doubleheader. Yeah. Wouldn't be shocked if Houston won this game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. We got to go with this one. San Diego Chargers, Oakland Raiders. San Diego 2-2, two and two, Oakland 1-3. and three. San Diego has the line by four. Is Terrell Pryor playing? I'm not I sure. do believe he's coming back for this game, but I don't think it'll matter. No. By the way, you said earlier the Jacksonville-St. Louis game is nap time game. No, this is your nap time game, simply because it starts at 11.35 our time on the East Coast. Yeah. But you'll be watching it. Oh, I'll be watching it. Hey, it's the bird and the beard, my main man, Ian Eagle, calling the game. But not even that. I don't think it's going to be a nap game. It's it's, it's going to be fun seeing Philip Rivers throw for possibly five touchdowns in this game. Uh, at Dollar Phil's the pick, San Diego. Dollar Bill, y'all. My main man. San Diego. All right, Monday Night Football, my 2-2 two and two New York Jets taking on the 1-3 and three Atlanta Falcons. I don't think this is going to be a pretty one for the Jets. I'll tell you right now, I, I, I hate to do it, but I'm picking Atlanta. Where are you going, Jim? I got to go Atlanta. They they can't afford to go with another – they can't afford another loss right now. They really can't afford another loss in that division. Uh, Atlanta wins this one, and I think they're going to they're gonna win it handily. Yeah, Atlanta has the line by 11. Who knows? Jets love to play Monday Night Football, so this might be the only game they show up for. So, mm-hmm. let's go over uh, some of the hockey scores. Oh, there we go. Uh, last night. Hockey, uh, hockey puck. I am happy. It is hockey season. We got 16 minutes left, and, of course, we got two other things to get to 
Well, then blitz throw it, darn it. What was that? Blitz throw it, then, darn it. Blitz throw it. All right, let's go into it right away here. My New York Rangers. Oh, you're a Rangers. Season opening game, 4-1 to one against the Phoenix Coyotes. Rangers getting a power play goal from Mark Stoll. The Bruins, 3-1 and one in their season opener against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Penguins blanking the Devils, 3-0. to oh, the, the Devils, Devils. I'm sorry, the Devils are so screwed. Oh, it's, they're done. We're get, regardless, yeah. They're done. There's, there's no question about it. The Capitals now 1-1 in the season, defeating the Calgary Flames 5-4 in the shootout. The Los Angeles Kings in a shootout, defeating the Minnesota Wild 3-2. You love the shootout. Eh, not really. Okay. I like to watch it, but I don't like that it it gives the team the right to win. So, mm-hmm. St. Louis Blues, one of my picks for this season, 4-2 over the Nashville Predators. The Florida Panthers, 4-2 over the Dallas Stars. San Jose Sharks, 4-1 win over the Vancouver Canucks and their brand-new coach, John Tortorella. Kind Good of man. The New York Rangers there, right there. You miss Torts. Uh, we got six games tonight on the bill. Senators Sabres, Islanders, Devils, Red Wings Hurricanes, Flames Blue Jackets, Kings Jets, Predators, Avalanche. And let me tell you, with what Patrick Wise did the other night, I'm going to be watching <laughs> Colorado Avalanche games this year. Oh, yeah, on the NHL center ice, you better believe it. I mean, he's one game, and he's already rocking the arena glass and everything. It's just beautiful. It's uh, beautiful. Wall was fined $10,000 for uh, uh, ruining the partition between the benches. Great stuff. So that's, that. uh, that's entertaining stuff indeed. Oh, uh, by the way, quick question. The nine-game road trip to start the season for your Rangers, will that make or break them this season? It's it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Uh, although, a few years ago, they had a similar start, and uh, they had a really good season. So, honestly, it's hurting them right now. New coach, some new players. It's still going to take some time to get used to Lane Vignot's system. And, and this is because they're doing, what, the final renovations to MSG? I guess so. I guess. Aren't they putting some sort of glass thing at the top of the... No, Nine games to open, only two home games, ten away games in October. Mm. That hurts. Mm-hmm. That does hurt. All right, Jim. You sent me something this morning. And it's about Rick Pitino, so why don't you set this up and then I'll play the sound clip. Okay, certainly. Well... Rick Pitino, don't mind me, I'm eating uh, one of those little Halloween candies as I speak. Horrible. <laughs> one second here. Please, please allow me to digest or else I'll choke. Okay. Don't base. Yeah, uh, pack the cotton happy jar. Now, now our, our main man, John Leary Jr., might have heard about this. But uh, on the Toucher and Rick radio show, <laughs> Toucher and Rick, it's so crazy. Uh, Rick Pitino appeared on there uh, Thursday. And... Um, Co-host Fred Toucher opened the interview with uh, some very poignant words towards the one-time Boston Celtic coach. Uh, let's go to the audio tape. We're joined by Rick Pitino, former coach of the Celtics, current coach of the Louisville Cardinals, who won the national championship. Rick Pitino, hello! Good morning, guys. You stink. You ruined the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Right now. Oh, man. I'm so happy. 
happy. That's better than any question I could have asked him, any yelling I could have done. Fred Toucher, I bow to you this morning. That's friggin' fantastic. <laughs> well, we're not going to get anyone from Premier anymore. Uh, but no, <laughs> I, I think it was worth it. Yeah, At least from my point of view, it was. Sometimes it's right. Oh, that, that, that's classic. That is vintage Boston right there. Now, let me ask you this, because there's, there's, a, there's a lot of people talking about this on Twitter. Do oh, you yeah. think what Toucher and Rich did is classless, or did you think it was funny and brilliant? A little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was a douchey move, but then again, consider the source. Rick Petito's a douche. Now, do you think this would hurt them? Do you think this is going to hurt them getting future guests on the show? Um, At least uh, from the NCAA right now. Possibly, but I, I, again, this is a Boston show, so they're not going to... I mean, besides, when it comes to the NCAA... They've got Boston College, and that's about it. Yeah. So I, I they're going to be okay. I mean, they're going to be okay. It was, uh, of course, John Leary Jr. Oh, I love these guys. I listen to them every day. No way. These guys are the number one morning show. Wicked hardcore. <laughs> Dude, why does John sound like Adam Sandler? <laughs> I'm a newbie. <laughs> I'm a newbie. Uh, John, you do not sound like Adam Sandler. I promise. You don't. You don't. You don't sound like that. You uh, sound <laughs> like an erudite. No, you don't. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We gotta have John on here one day to rip into you a little bit. John is my main man. Come on. But, you know, here's my question to you, Jim. Who could we have on here at 24/7 Sports Hub Radio that you would love to hang up on? Ooh, that's a fun question. Hey. You're a Philadelphia sports fan. We all know that. No. Who could you have on? Mm, mm. Well, Ruben Amaro Jr. would be up on my list. That's for damn sure. Ruben Amaro Jr. would probably be the guy. Okay. All right, so that's current. What about former? Hmm? Is there anybody that ruined your life as a sports fan in Philadelphia? Joe Carter. Joe Carter. Joe Carter, that 93 World Series. Let me tell you, Joe Carter, it would be an honor to have you on, and since I control the soundboard, I wouldn't hang up on you, so we'd love to have you on as a guest. That's how it, I, I, I'd be cordial to the man. I really would. Oh, Joe Carter's a class act. Love he Joe. is. He is. And, and people forget when he got his, I believe it was his 2000th hit, it was, I think, the first year of interleague play, and he got his 2000th hit in Philadelphia, and the fans gave him a standing ovation. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we forgive and forget around here. But we usually don't forget too much. There is one guy that I would like to have on that I would instantly hang up on, and, cons- and since I control the soundboard and, and the uh, colon board, I would love to do it. Uh, no, a moderate shot. We would dedicate an entire hour to you. Can he would come on as he would come on as the third co-host for the entire hour. He could take my spot. I don't care. In fact, I think we might have to go two hours for that show because we got to get the inside stuff. Because you know why? Why? Yeah, Black Cat, MJ, Michael Jordan, my main man. Because is. is my main man. He's a Black Cat, my, my, man. <sighs> okay, who I would like to have on and who I would hang up, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, I would too. Isaiah Thomas, you royally screwed me as a New York Knicks fan. And you screwed the New York Knicks organization as well. Also, you paid for it, if you know what I mean. If I could have a two-for deal that day, I would love to have... Cablevision CEO, Knicks and Rangers, and a Square Garden owner, James Dolan. Oh, God, yeah. Not only would I hang up on him, I'd probably spit in his face through the microphone. Um, John, you can't spit so... You see, trust me, my hatred for Dolan, I can do it. 
I, I but but you, you you see you can you can transmit sound waves. You can't transfer spit. You yes, say. you can. Yes, you can. All right, if you I'll put it in an envelope and I'll mail it to him. John Leary saying another great choice. Gary Bettman, I'm all for that. Oh, Gary Bettman, no, no. I honestly, I wouldn't hang up on Gary Bettman. I would grill Gary Bettman. I would get my points and my facts into Gary Bettman's small little head. Mm-hmm. Because he needs it. I wouldn't hang up on Gary Bettman. I, I really wouldn't. Okay. So, so you're a glutton for punishment is what you're saying. I understand. I'm a glutton. One guy I'd love to have on, though, and dedicate another hour to would be Pete Rose. Definitely. I'd want to give him his his time of day. Oh, he deserves it. Well, c- come on. The greatest hitter that ever, uh, you know, with the exception of Ted Williams. Let's get that going. Greatest consistent hitter that ever lived. No doubt about it. Another guy. Very happy I got to see play. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that, that that's kind of a fun topic. Who would you want to hang up on if you had the opportunity to? I tell you, one name that comes to mind as well for those in Milwaukee, uh, Ryan Braun, because Ryan Braun has been making personalized phone calls to season ticket members of the Brewers after the whole uh, PED thing. I'm sorry, but season ticket holders, man, no, you don't. I'm sorry, season ticket holders, the majority and percentage of season ticket holders most likely aren't even baseball fans. They're executives. I want him to call up the guy who can barely go to one game a year. Mm-hmm. That's who I want to see Ryan Braun call up. That's who I want to see him apologize to because that's who deserves the apology. Mm-hmm. Is the everyday sports fan that just, you know, scrimps and saves for about 15 to 16 paychecks to take his son to see baseball. Mm-hmm. That's who deserves the apology. Agreed. Agreed. Damn you, Ryan Braun. How dare you, sir? How dare you, Braun? Uh, worst person in the world. We got six minutes left in this show. You you make it sound like you're sick of me because you're already oh, counting no, it. You know, and it kind of hurts when there's only six minutes left because I, I, I really do enjoy doing this. You I, enjoy our quality time, do you not, Jonathan? Yes, I, I, I love quality time with you, Jameson. Well, that's why you're my main man. Main so there you go. Man. My main man, Jim Williams. All right, real quick, man, uh, before we get into this uh, story about Jimmer Fredette, <laughs> Dodgers owner Magic Johnson, yes, the same guy who oh, said No, not this. this. No, no, don't bring this up. No. A blue thong. It's Speedo. It's a Speedo, not a thong, but go ahead. No, 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 this is an actual news piece. He says that the Los Angeles Dodgers will not be going after Robinson Cano and are going to make Clayton Kershaw a priority. Me? Smart move, Los Angeles. Agreed, agreed. Uh, nobody's worth what he wants, what Jay-Z wants him to have. Oh, God. Put it to you that way. And remember, remember, kids, as we told you on this very program a couple of days ago, you too could be an agent after you get done in the drug business. Uh, I mean, he's going to stay in New York, Cano. He's going to take it for less than $305 million, I'd like to hope, or else the Yankees are the biggest doofuses in the history of the face of the earth. Uh, and plus, the Dodgers have already committed billions of dollars already. They can't really afford to commit too much more. Yeah, It's just a no-brainer move, and pitching is what wins championships, not a good second baseman. So, Agree. Uh, agree. Yeah, so. Unbelievable. All right, now let's get into this story. Jimmer Fredette, as we all know. Teach me how to jimmer. 
hot, you know, hot commodity coming out of college. But since then, really haven't heard much about him. He is but, the uh, he is the Christian Leitner of our generation. <laughs> Christian Leitner, trust me, will have had a much better career than what Jimmer Fredette's going to have any of you. No doubt about it. All right, so during a preseason training camp, I guess you could call it, at the University of uh, California in Santa Barbara, King's owner, can't even pronounce this guy's name, so I'm just going to give it a try, Vivek Ranadav, offered students in attendance a challenge. Yes, he offered them a three-point shooting challenge, and if you beat Jimmer Fredette, you'll get free Sacramento Kings tickets because you know what? They can't sell them. You might as well give them away for free in Sacramento. Well, after well, understandable why you can't sell them because you don't know if the team's going to stay there or not. Exactly. So here we go. So King's, like card, King's card. Jimmer Fredette takes the court. He knocks down ten of fifteen from behind the three point arc. Pretty good. Ten of fifteen. Absolutely yeah, that's, good. That's 66.66666666%. Exactly. So here's Jimmer Fredette celebrating. He's going to take the crown. Poor kids, they're not going to be able to hit 10 of 15 from three-point land to win free Sacramento Kings tickets. Or maybe they don't even want the free Sacramento Kings tickets. But an elderly man stands up in the crowd. Uh-oh. An elderly man by the name of Chris Mullen. I've heard of him. Yes, Chris Mullen, the five-time NBA All-Star who is a career crazy three-point shooter from behind the arc. And I have to say he's really not elderly. He's only 50 years old. Well, that's old in basketball. But anyway, so here's a guy that hasn't played basketball in so many years, probably shoots around from time to time, but you know he doesn't play like he used to play. Steps up to the three-point arc, takes his first shot, swish. What does he do? He goes 14 of 15, laying waste to everybody. Yeah. Including current NBA player Jimmer Fredette. So now my question to you, Jim, is if we take Chris Mullen, we take Reggie Miller, we take, throw anybody in there that was a three-point shooter back in the 90s. John Starks, Tony Kukoc, Tim Legler, Steve Kerr, Dan Marley. Dan Marley. Oh, now we're, now we're talking. We get us a former NBA Veterans three-point shooting competition at NBA All-Star Weekend. Would you watch it, and how great would that be? It would be awesome. I'd watch it, and if they eliminate that, whatever the hell it's called, two-ball crap or whatever it is, the team competitions with uh, a current player, a vintage player, and a WNBA player. Get rid of that. Give me the classic three-point shootout. Vintage three-point shootout. Oh, my. That would be great. Honestly, I would like to see all these guys get on the court and play uh, a game. You know, five minutes a period. Uh, uh, you know what? Play it rock and jock style. That's what you do. You do rock and jock. That's what you do. That, that would be fun. I, I miss the rock and jock. Bring stuff. back the 50-point bucket. I, I really enjoyed the Rock and Jock stuff back in the early 90s. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought it was it was just great to watch on TV. It made you smile. It made you laugh, and it was fun to watch. Why not bring that back? Absolutely. Well, granted, the NBA does do that with an all-celebrity game, but it just it's not the same. But you're bringing up people. I don't want to see Chris Tucker. I don't want to see Justin Bieber. I don't want to see Chris Tucker. Kevin Hart. And come on. You know, MTV used to have everybody that was uh, popular at the time come on, which was great. So You had Rick Mahorn out there. You had Queen Latifah. You had... Oliver Miller? Uh, who's the one guy? The guy who was on... Uh, oh, crap. I can't think of his name. The white guy you always saw on Rock and Jock who tried to always think he was the MVP. Dan Cortez? <laughs> not, not Dan Cortez. No, Redhead. Uh, uh, Rappaport. Rappaport. That's it. Yeah. Oh, man, he was great, man. I loved watching Michael Rappaport. He was a D. Anyway... Uh, but, yeah. It would be fun. 
It would be. So uh, you know what's been fun? This show. This was a good one. Yes, it was. It was a fun one. So we're just about done here. We want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. It's a week. Enjoy it, because you know Jim and I will. So for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you Monday. I'm related to Kate Upton, too.